Welcome to the California League Research Project Podcast with Mario Ramos. Here's your host, Mario Ramos. Welcome to the California League Research Project Podcast. I'm your host, Mario Ramos, joined today by the voice of the Visalia Rawhide, Jill Guerin. Jill, thank you so much for taking time to join the podcast. Of course. Thanks for having me on, Mario. Appreciate it. Uh, So Jill and I are going to look back at the California League and look forward to the Low A West. We'll also talk about the Cal League colleagues and how you can check that out. But before we get started, we want to remind you that you can catch the California League Research Project podcast on anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at Cal League Search. That's at Cal League Search. So Jill, a whole lot has changed since you were in the booth for the Rawhide, but last time you were calling games for the Visalia squad, they were marching through the playoffs and hoisting what we now know to be the final Cal League title. How was that team able to come together, break a 41-year drought, and bring a long-awaited championship to Visalia? 2019 was such a fun season. The Rawhide were good from the beginning. Yeah. In April May, they set a 14-game win streak, which broke the franchise record. Wow. Um so they were just good from the beginning. They also won the first half. They were the first half champions, the second half champions, the league champions. It, they were just so good. And what was impressive about it is, as you know, in the minors, there's a lot of movement. Guys are going up and down. They come back twice, three times. Um, they leave and never come back. Some of our top prospects end up leaving. And what was so amazing was even when a guy was called up or released or sent down, it was next man up. And every single guy was able to contribute and help this team win a championship. It was truly amazing to see over a hundred different transactions happen wow. throughout the 2019 season, and the Rawhides still performed the way that they were able to. Yeah, that's awesome. You, you know, mentioned that in the first half they uh, won the North Division by 12 games. Uh, the second half they won the division by three games. Um, but you know, with all that turnover, that's just pretty amazing that they just kept the ball rolling. Yeah, it really is a, a tribute to the coaching staff. Our manager, Sean Roof, was so good. He was so smart in making decisions. And I spoke to him and Shane Lukes, our pitching coach, um, after the season. And the pitching coach, Shane, he just gave so much credit to Sean and how he's able to make decisions like that. And again, Shane, our pitching coach, was so good with our players. There was nothing but praise from our pitching staff. And, of course, our hitting coach, Travis Denker, and fourth coach, Nick Evans, they were also amazing. It was just a good, well-rounded staff who knew how to win ball games. That's awesome. How did the, the community kind of respond to that? They really kind of, you know, obviously they they got a lot of support there and Visalia being there for so long. Um, but you know, was did they notice something special was occurring out there on the field? I think so. You know, we have a lot of diehard fans. This is actually our seventy-fifth year in professional baseball here in Visalia, so there's a lot of history here. Um, and we have a lot of season ticket holders who have been here since the Rawhide were the Oak. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of history at this ballpark and our fans appreciate that history. And they've been through a lot of ups and downs in recent years. The Rawhide made it to the championship series and didn't win final. And then they yeah. finally did it in 2019. So it was a lot of just pure joy here in September. And even afterwards, when we would bring the trophy around town, people would be so happy to hear about it. Um, and I think 
you could tell there was something special with the team. But one part about this community that's so amazing is you talk to other minor league teams and it's really hard for them to get fans in the playoffs because they don't plan for it with promotions. It's a little bit more difficult. But here we were sold out every single playoff game because of our fan base. So the Visalia community and Tulare County is absolutely amazing here for the Rawhide. That's really cool. Yeah, super cool. Uh, you mentioned, you know, all those championships. You know, there's, I think, uh, what was it, 11 championship series that they went to and, and weren't able to win it. So ultimately to bring that home, yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah, it was amazing to be a part of it. Nice. So how'd you end up there in Visalia? How'd you end up here in the Central Valley calling games for the Rawhide? Right. My my journey started in Hermosa Beach, California. It's in L.A. County. Mm-hmm. And I grew up there, went to high school there, and then went to Emerson College in Boston, Massachusetts. Nice. Uh, graduated there with a journalism degree in four years. I played softball all four years. Awesome. And I was lucky enough to meet Julian Rifkin, who's now our co-general manager. Mm-hmm. And he was a senior on the Emerson baseball team when I was a freshman on the softball team. Mm-hmm. And he actually started working at the Rawhide right after college. And when I applied for the Rawhide position, he was the uh, director of baseball operations. Okay. So I reached out to him and he put in a good word with the then general manager and the rest is kind of history. And there's obviously a lot of other things in my journey with internships and playing softball and things like that, that helped me make it to Visalia. But in terms of actually getting my foot in the door, I really owe a lot to Julian Rifkin, who's our now co-general manager, and to Jennifer Reynolds, who was the former general manager when I uh, first came here in 2019. You're listening to the California League Research Project podcast with Mario Ramos, joined by Jill Guerin, the voice of the Visalia Rawhide. So, you know, it must have been like, you know, seemed like a long time ago that you've been calling games, right? How have you been occupying your time since Right. So when our offices closed down in March, I ended up um, go ahead and driving down to L.A. to stay with my parents. I thought I was going to be there for two months and I ended up being there for 11 months (laughs) with this pandemic going on. So um, I've been staying busy. I was still working full time for the Rawhide at home until July 1. That's when I was furloughed. And at that point, I was still volunteering to help with the social media. Um, just because I do put a lot of effort and that is one of my main jobs here other than broadcasting is running social. So I continue doing that a little bit, not nearly as intense as you'll see during season. Um, But I I stayed busy with that. I also picked up a few nannying jobs, dog sitting jobs, just trying to stay busy while I was waiting for baseball season to start. And one other thing that I started, which you mentioned earlier, is the Cal League Colleagues, which is a podcast that I have with Keaton Gologli. He's the voice of the Modesto Nuts. And he and I started this podcast on an app called Locker Room. So that's been taking up a bit of my time as well. Yeah. So you kind of hinted at that there. That was my next question. You know, how did that get started? And you guys kind of involve a lot of uh, different people, right? And not just, you know, focus on Cal League baseball. Obviously, that's, you know, the, the name of the show and whatnot. But you guys, you know, take a look at, you know, baseball everywhere, right? Right. So this started because of Keaton. He knows um, one of his friends is the developer of the app called Locker Room, where you can sit and record, have a room, 
that's what they call it a room. It's basically a show and anyone can hop up and start talking, give their opinion. It's really a cool interactive app where anyone can be a part of it. Nice. Um, so we just started talking on there. We didn't make it an official podcast for a while. We were just talking baseball, trying to stay busy. Yeah. And then we started having one show every day during the major league baseball playoffs. And that was just really fun to just sit and talk about baseball because I hadn't done that since the California League Championship in 2019. Yeah. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. And then Keaton said, hey, Locker Room wants us to start a room, a weekly podcast on Tuesdays. And I want to call it Cal League Colleagues, which is what we call ourselves in the California League. That term was um, coined by Jason Schwartz, who was the former voice of the Lancaster Jethawks. So we decided that that was going to be the name of our podcast. We would have some other people from the California League join us if they were able to, but it was mainly going to be Keaton and I running the show. And you're right. We don't just talk about the California League. We'll talk a lot about the minors and what's going on in the California League because a lot of our attention is there right now. Mm-hmm. But we talk about Major League Baseball, what's going on with the game of baseball and um, just kind of everything surrounding baseball. We've had Major League broadcasters on. Um, minor league broadcasters, content producers, writers from The Athletic, writers from Sports Illustrated, just a lot of different people to give their opinion on what's going on in Major League Baseball right now. Yeah, it's a super cool show. I've subscribed to it on Apple Podcasts. And again, you could check it out on the Locker Room app. Uh, you could also follow them on Twitter at CL Colleagues. And you're listening to the California League Research Project podcast with Mario Ramos, joined by Joe Guerin, the voice of the Visalia Rawhide. So, you know, obviously there's a lot of changes that have occurred. Um, a lot of things have shifted. One of the shifts is from high A ball to low A ball. Um, the Lancaster Jethawks, as you mentioned, uh, they've been contracted and then replaced with the Fresno Grizzlies. Now, you're obviously familiar with the community there in Visalia and in Fresno as you recently served as a color analyst for the Fresno State softball team. How was that experience? Mm-hmm. And uh, do you see a Visalia-Fresno rivalry developing in the low A West? Definitely. And being the color analyst for Fresno State softball was a lot of fun. Playing softball in college, softball um, holds a special place in my heart. I will always love broadcasting those games. It's so much fun. But in terms of the Grizzlies and the Rawhide rivalry, that's definitely going to be a thing. I mean, we are 40 minutes away from each other, 45 if you hit traffic. (laughs) So it's going to be a lot of fun to start a rivalry. We've already started talking to their media team and their marketing team we want to get a trophy that gets passed back and forth each season um depending on who wins each series things like that we're toying with the name right now we don't have one officially but we really want it to surround our area code 559 um so we're really excited to work with them and i think it's just gonna be a great partnership not only baseball wise but you know sponsorship wise Media-wise, it's it's just really, really good for the Valley. Yeah, super cool. I, I think, in my opinion, like you said, that proximity with you guys being so close, you know, just a short drive up Highway 99 there, um, I could really see that, mm-hmm. you know, being a lot of fun to, to be a part of. And like you said, that trophy just adds a little bit more to uh, to the stakes. Yeah, I think we're, we've already started talking about fan buses going up to the stadiums, oh, obviously. Cool. Probably not this year with 2021 because yeah. um, just with the limited capacity that we can have in California. 
But my my vision is for in 2022, we have fan buses and maybe we can section off a part of the ballpark for just Grizzly fans and they can section off a part for Rawhide fans for that series. Um, and almost like high school where you go to one side of the stadium if you're there for that mm-hmm. team and you go to the other side if you're here for another team. I just think it'd be a lot of fun. Um, you know, of course, this isn't anything that's official yet, just my big idea. And there's a lot of logistics that have to happen for it to work out. But I'm really hopeful that we can do something like that. Listening to the California League Research Project podcast with Mario Ramos, joined by Jill Guerin of the Visalia Rawhide. You can follow me on Twitter at Colleague Search. You can follow Jill at Jill Guerin. And you can follow the Rawhide at Visalia Rawhide. So sticking with those, you know, the changes within the league, uh, the low A West is planning on operating under a 15 second pitch clock. What's your take on that rule change and how do you see that playing out on the field and how does it, how does that affect you as a broadcaster? I think it's going to be okay on the field. It hurts us a little bit um, logistics wise when it comes to our baseball operations, because we are an old ballpark. We don't have a lot of room in our press boxes. Hmm. So we have to kind of allocate another area for the person running the pitch clock. So that's what we personally are struggling with a little bit. I don't know about other teams in the low A West league, but I'm sure other people are starting to figure out where they can put people, especially with how we need to be socially distant as well. Um, In terms of on the field, I don't think it's going to affect it too much because with low A, these are, this is the first step in a guy's professional career other than rookie ball. Yeah. And it's, they're going to be working quickly, I think, already. You've already seen the pace of play in high school and in college speed up because that's what they're kind of teaching guys at the younger levels already. So I don't think it's going to be an issue on the field. Um, I'm interested to see if it actually does speed up the game like Major League Baseball wants to have happen. Yeah. But we'll, we'll see. I guess that'll be up to someone else to decide that's way above my pay grade <laughs> i hear you um something maybe you don't have uh, too much information on but i was just curious that uh, you mentioned recreation park uh, that's been there for a while um and has had some upgrades um but major league baseball is kind of looking to upgrade the facilities within the minor league that was kind of a big push within these changes and uh you know kind of narrowing it down to 120 teams is there anything on the horizon as far as recreation parks concerned in that realm yeah, nothing really that the, the fans or the public will be able to see from the beginning. Right yeah. now, we are working on some changes to the press box. Um, myself and the visiting broadcaster needs to have our own area in a booth. That hasn't been the case recently, again, because of how old the stadium is. So to the average fan, you won't see a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff that happens unless you're really um, paying attention. Mm-hmm. But the players are going to notice things. The clubhouses have to have certain regulations locker rooms for umpires um the visiting clubhouse needs to be a certain way we need to have an area for women's staff members or players or um if there's say a gay baseball player who doesn't want to use the clubhouse for whatever reason we need to have a separate area for that um and we've already been working on that since we kind of got word of what was going on in Major League okay. Baseball with cutting some teams, but um, nothing really official set in the works. And again, it's not really anything that the public is going to be noticing right away. Okay. Mario Ramos again, joined by Jill Guerin, the voice of the Visalia Rawhide. 
Um, so I heard a snippet from an interview you did with your alma mater. You mentioned Emerson College. Um, in that interview, and I'm paraphrasing here, you talked about how you kind of shied away from the personal spotlight and wanted to assimilate yourself into sports based strictly off your ability. Um, but that has kind of shifted a little bit to where you actually enjoy being highlighted as a woman in sports. How did that shift occur and how important is it for you to show young ladies that they too can follow their dreams and passions and break through barriers in the process? Mm-hmm. I, I think it was in the beginning, I didn't want the spotlight because I just wanted to fit in. I just wanted to put my head down and work because that's what I was taught throughout my life. You show up, you work hard and good things will happen. Yeah. And I, I don't get me wrong. Like it, it was cool to be featured and all of that, but it was solely because of my gender. And I yeah. didn't really appreciate that. Um, but then as I kind of started seeing people reach out to me and, people who did write the features on me, they would send me screenshots of comments and messages that they got from young women who wanted to go into the sports field. I started realizing how important it was to highlight being a woman because then maybe little girls can see that it is possible. It's kind of a natural thing, a subconscious thing where you see a woman or you see someone who looks like you, who sounds like you doing something, you subconsciously think, oh, I can do that too. Um, and, and I think also just with getting older, I was 22 when I took the rawhide job. Now I'm 24. I'll be 25 in July. Just with m- the two years of maturing that I've done, I've realized that being a woman isn't something I need to hide because quite frankly, I can't. Mm-hmm. It's something that I need to embrace and kind of make a part of who I am and a part of my quote unquote brand as a broadcaster and who I am for this game. Yeah, and you're doing a great job of doing that, representing yourself, representing the Rawhide, representing the league. Um, you know, it's just all good stuff, and I feel like you're doing it the right way. So I really appreciate it, and I really appreciate, like you said, uh, you know, being able to to set an example for other young girls that, that can see that and can aspire to those types of things. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's, it's been a lot of fun. It's been cool seeing people reach out to me and yeah. – What's even cooler is we're going to have baseball soon. So I'm really excited for that. Yeah. And I, I could tell you're, you're passionate about baseball. And like you said, softball was a big uh, deal growing up for you. Um, how did that passion for this sport or, or both those sports um, kind of evolve or how, how did that get instilled in you? Mm-hmm. So the running joke is I'm an only child and my dad really wanted a boy. <laughs> um, he, he disagrees. He always tells me that he hates that I tell that story, but I think it's funny. <laughs> So, you know, he definitely wanted a child who was going to play sports. My dad played basketball in college. He was an athlete, and that was something that he and I bonded over. We watched baseball together. I would grow up going to um, Red Sox games. Even though I was in California, we would go whenever they played the Anaheim Angels. Um, We would go when I would score the game in the stands. Every single ball game that I go to as a fan, I score the game. So that's cool. just is what I did with my dad. And that's how I learned the game. That's how I learned the strategy. Yeah. And I was able to ask questions and really understand what was going on. And that was when I realized just how beautiful this game is and how many little things mm-hmm. can be affected. And one thing that's off can mess up an entire play. Um, I, I love that part of the game. And that also enhanced my playing abilities, which my playing abilities enhanced my love for the game and just understanding not only the strategies, but the mental side of the game for an athlete. Like I know it's a cliche thing that people talk about baseball, but if you fail seven out of 10 times at the plate, 
you're good. In no other sport, it's like that. So yeah. that is so mentally taxing as an athlete. And a lot of these guys are perfectionists. So being able to pick their brains and see how they work, I'm really interested in that part of the game as well. And I think that might be something that other broadcasters aren't as interested in early on in their career. You spend a lot of time, you know, around the cages and like you said, just kind of picking these guys' brains and just talking shop with them? Yeah, absolutely. I I come in at the ballpark by 9 a.m. every day so I can get all of my other responsibilities done (laughs) so I can be on the field by 3 o'clock just talking to them and and not really – asking a lot of questions I'm more just trying to be a fly on the wall because they're going to be talking to our hitting coaches and coordinators about what they want to work on and if I have anything that I want to ask I'll go to the hitting coach or the coordinator and ask them what's going on there because they know that I want to learn they know that I'm still a student of this game and not only did I play but I have also coached before so there's a connection with the coaches and the players that I have because of that. It looks like you've been a part of, you know, every aspect of the game. Um, I'm sure you're excited to get back out there and in the booth. Uh, we're excited for baseball to get started. Again, Jill Guerin here on the California Research League Project podcast with Mario Ramos. You can follow her on Twitter at Jill Guerin. And you can follow the Rawhide at Micelia Rawhide. Jill, this has been awesome. Uh, thank you again for taking some time. Yeah, thank you so much, Mario. I really appreciate it. Awesome. We want to thank you guys for listening to the California League Research Project podcast with Mario Ramos. You can follow me on Twitter at Calig Search. Be sure to catch more of the California League Research Project podcast on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcast, or anywhere else you get your podcast. Special thanks to Joe Guerin of the Visalia Rawhide. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. <laughs>